Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Hello, everybody. Can somebody tell me what's going on? I mean, really, what's going on in the world? The things that have happened over the past several weeks have been nothing short of heartbreaking and at times outright frustrating, which the Bible says that we can be angry but not sin, so it's okay to be frustrated, it's okay to be angry, but what is going on? I mean, really, obviously we've had the murder of George Floyd. The whole world has seen this, which has sparked peaceful protests, which led to riots, which led to more death, including police officers, including citizens that are trying to keep their stores protected, including just people there to protest have lost their lives. So we've seen these riots lead to now the canceling of TV shows. If you don't know about this, uh, let me tell you, Live PD, America's number one show, they touted, was canceled because of police officers, because the show followed police officers around live doing their jobs. 31 years of cops. Many of you listening have seen cops at least once in your lifetime canceled after 31 years. Okay, now that led to Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd being de-gunned. You heard me right. They took their guns away. Elmer Fudd chases those wascally wabbits, and Yosemite Sam has those six shooters. It's the shotgun and the six shooters are now gone. And it's all because, well, you you can tell me why. I have my ideas. And I don't want to get into my ideas why these things are happening and who's behind these things. But we've also seen now... The kids' show, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, a children's show, has been canceled because a cartoon, a fake little dog, pretends to be a police officer. Okay, so if we are taking Paw Patrol off the air because a cartoon dog wants to be or pretends to be a police officer, there is something major wrong with that. And it's probably not the people that you would think. The people that don't want Paw Patrol on air have got some messed up ideologies. Uh, I would say that they're probably part of the problem going on in America. Yes, racism is real. It's a problem. It's a sin that we need to deal with. It's a an issue that we need to seek to do our best to talk through and and not just talk about but come up with solutions, yes. But when it comes down to taking off a kid's show simply because a cartoon character is a police officer and that character is not even a human being, it's a dog, then we have issues. What's next? Andy Griffith's show? They're going to stop showing the Andy Griffith show? I hope not, but that seems to be the, the way we're headed in this world. It's amazing to me. I just had my little daughter in here with me, and she was behind me playing. She loves Paw Patrol. She loves it, but now it's gone. So there it is. Uh, But the riots continued. The protests continued. 
Things are being taken off the television. And in the midst of all of that, what is happening in Seattle, Washington, is nothing less than troubling. And the mayor of Seattle is a lady that says she sees what's happening as patriotic. Now, let me ask you if this sounds patriotic. First of all, you have riots that led to uh, men and women throwing bottles, rocks, firecrackers, all sorts of stuff at police officers. Ultimately, the police officers retreated. The National Guard retreated. And Antifa has taken center ground, and they've made the police station there, one of the precincts there in Seattle, have kind of made it the, the home base is what I'm calling it. It's kind of in the center of everything that's going on. And then they have barricaded off seven full blocks in Seattle. Now, as of this episode being uh, produced, it, it could have been, now it could be more than seven blocks. But at the time of me recording this, there were seven full blocks that were taken over by Antifa. And they are ruling and reigning. They've, they've essentially created their own country within the country. And, and they're calling it, uh, let me see what they're calling it, uh, Autonomous Zone. I think it's the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle. There are people with AR-15s, AK-47s. I've been reading lately that Raz Simone, a local rapper there in Seattle, uh, is standing around with his AK-47 and a pistol attached to his hip and basically shouting this is war he's kind of the warlord over the whole thing and this is complete anarchy this is not patriotic i mean you have tents everywhere within these seven block radius you have uh, graffiti everywhere you have people with guns shouting this is war and uh it's just one of those things that you you hate to see and i'm reading right now that a homeless man with a baseball bat wandered along the borderline, and two unofficial medics in medieval-style chain mail stood ready for action. This is crazy. This is anarchy. This is people creating their own country with, and it's lawlessness, but they're trying to police this seven-block radius within Seattle. And here, the mayor says, well, it's patriotic. Okay, is it patriotic to riot? And throw things at police officers who are simply trying to do their jobs? Is it patriotic to lash out at the President of the United States? And I don't care who the President of the United States is. It could be Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, or Obama. I think there's a level of respect that should be uh, held for that office. And unfortunately, the left, and I don't want to get into a debate of left and right, but the left has no regard for that, that seat in office, and the mayor of Seattle has clapped back at President Trump. He has said that uh, if she doesn't get control, or the governor doesn't get control of Seattle, then he will. And I think she clapped back at him and said, why don't you mind your business, basically, and get back in the bunker? So we have that sort of disrespect going on. We have a mayor pretty much promoting what Antifa is doing right there in her own city. And if that wasn't enough, get this, the governor said he wasn't even aware of what was happening in Seattle. So you tell me what kind of government is going on. What, what, what is the government doing in, in Washington? I mean, you have the governor of Washington that does not know what's happening in one of the major cities in his state. 
And the mayor of that major city within his state is encouraging what they're doing, saying this is patriotic. So I would love, if you haven't seen this, for you to go on and Google uh, the Antifa. You could just do Antifa Seattle, or you could do Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, and you'll find all of the things that are going on there in Seattle. It's just, there's assaults taking place. There is... Um, there, there's, it's just a policing area. They're going and extorting the businesses within that seven-block radius. It's just one of the things that uh, you hate to see, especially anywhere, but especially in the United States of America, because it's complete anarchy. It is not helpful, in my opinion. There are some things going on there that should not be taking place, and then you have leadership sitting back and encouraging or not even knowing. So somebody, please, again, tell me what's going on. How, how is this justice for George Floyd? Because this is essentially how it started. It started as justice for George Floyd, which led to peaceful protest. Okay, we're good. Which led to riots, which we're no longer good anymore. You've now broken the law. And according to many states or many major cities in the United States, they want to get rid of the law enforcement and come up with their own ways of policing. And apparently this is it. This is what's happening in Seattle. This is apparently what you're going to get is a neighborhood run with people that care nothing about you, that only want to seek their own gain. It's a political move. It is a worldly move. It is a sinful move. And if things don't change, we're going to see many cities across the country start to follow suit and... That is going to be one sad day when we start looking across our landscape and it looks like a scene from The Walking Dead instead of the United States of America. However, however, I don't want you to lose heart. If you're a believer, some of these things are frustrating to see, they're troubling to see, and if we're honest, we don't like to see it. So there are many things going on within our country right now that are kind of, uh, they stem from one incident, uh, the murder of George Floyd. I think we could all agree there that this is what kind of started this whole chain reaction. And justice for George Floyd, absolutely. We should seek that. We should want that. And we should let uh, the justice system play out the way God has intended and ordained it to play out in this particular instance. And I hear people say all the time, the justice system is broken. The justice system has failed us. And let me tell you something. The justice system is run by men and women that are fallen individuals. So they're not going to get it right 100% of the time. And yes, sometimes the justice system fails. There is not justice. There are things that happen in this world that we wish were different. But one day, justice is coming to those that deserve justice because our God is a just God. And those unrepentant, unrighteous, wicked people that do not repent of their sin and trust in Christ on this side of eternity will receive the full wrath of God for eternity, and justice will be served. So, yes, sometimes the justice system fails us, but we have to understand and know that God is a God that loves us, cares for us, but he's also a God of wrath. If he wasn't a God of wrath, he wasn't, wouldn't be the God of the Bible. So justice will prevail. So we do want to see justice for George Floyd on this side of eternity. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, or, I'm sorry, not Hebrews, but Proverbs chapter 11, that the righteous are even judged. So how much more the unrighteous? So we do see a sense of judgment here on this side of eternity. 
We do see uh, consequences of sin. We do see consequences of our actions. So we are hoping that these law enforcement officers do receive uh, the consequence due them for what they did, especially Derek Chauvin or Chauvin, however you say his name. Uh, he did murder George Floyd, in my opinion, and the whole world saw it. So, But from this one event, we have so many other things that have started sparking in our country and even in the world. I saw a video the other day, and man, it made me cringe. Is a riot, I believe it was in London or, or somewhere overseas, and uh, they started throwing rocks and uh, shooting fireworks at the mounted police on the horses, and the horse got spooked and took off running. And this poor woman on this horse, y'all, this police officer, hit a uh, looked like either a sign or a, or a stoplight. The way they they they're not like ours here in America, where most of the time where they put them way up, they're kind of down low. And man, it took her out, and it was heartbreaking to see. And she was in pretty rough condition the last time I heard. I don't know if she recovered or is still recovering or or what ended up happening with that. But we see this is sparked. One, this one thing has sparked outrage across the world. So what is a Christian supposed to do in the middle of this? We've talked a lot about this on episodes talking through the coronavirus. Through We've, we've talked a bit about George Floyd and racism here over the past few weeks. So really, we know that we should preach the gospel. We should love our brothers and sisters in Christ. We should love others. We should care for others. We should speak truth and love to others. Um, and one of the things that I want to talk about today, or really the only thing I want to talk about today is we see all of these troubling things happen in our world. And if you're a believer, it does get troubling. It's frustrating. And you kind of wonder, okay, what's next? Because there are a lot of things going on. And you wonder what city is going to be next to be occupied by Antifa? Uh, what, uh, who's going to be elected president in November? Who's going to be our president come next January? You can think through all these things and wonder all these things, but I simply want to bring this, not a, a discouragement for you. I want this episode to be a form of encouragement for you today, because if you are a believer, we have greater things to set our minds on. And sometimes we might just have to cut off the TV and the social media, because we find all these things on social media. We turn on the TV, we watch Fox News, we watch CNN, we watch all of these things, and it troubles us, it makes us frustrated and upset. So we might just have to cut off the news for a while, and if that needs to be you, then I do it. When this whole coronavirus thing started, I was watching these news briefings every single day. I'd watch our government briefing about what they're doing, what we can expect, I watch the president's uh, task, task force uh, every single day on the coronavirus to kind of know where we're at as a country, what, look, what, what, what to look forward to, what's going to happen, and um, got kind of uh, burnt out on it. I got kind of down, kind of got, got a little depressed, and it was kind of rough. So I just quit watching it, and I started living, and I started doing what we're fixing to talk about now. So if you're a believer, how should you be during these times? Obviously, we should be prayerful. We should be uh, in the Word, and we should be proclaiming the gospel and loving our brothers and sisters. But listen to this, what Paul says in the book of Colossians, starting in chapter 3, verse 1. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, so that right there, if you have been raised with Christ means if you are a true believer. Now, it's unfortunate that in this time we live in, we have to qualify believer with the word true especially in the South. Listen, I grew up in Mississippi, Northeast Mississippi, Tupelo, Mississippi, home of Elvis Presley, lived there, born and raised there for most of my life. 
I now live in northeast Arkansas, about two and a half hours away from where I grew up, and I've spent some time uh, just outside of Nashville as well. So I have lived in the South my entire life. And let me tell you something about the South. Everybody in the South is a Christian. Everybody in the South goes to church. Everybody in the South, uh, they go to Sunday school. Everybody in the South has a daddy that's a deacon or a grandfather that was a deacon. And and they think that's how you become a Christian. Or that's how why you're a Christian, because you were born that way. Well, let me tell you what. Romans 5 teaches us that we are born in sin because of Adam's sin. Romans 3 teaches us there are no good people. There are none that are righteous. No, not one. We're all running from God. We care nothing for God, so we can't be born a believer. So it's a it, it's sad that we have to qualify a true believer. A true believer is one that has truly repented of their sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, "With the mouth one confesses and is saved." With the, or I'm sorry, with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So we have to understand that to truly be justified, to be uh, receiving the righteousness of God, that we must truly repent of our sins, not just walk an aisle and repeat a prayer, not just say uh, that we're saved or we were born this way or all these things. We have to recognize our sin and acknowledge it before a holy God, and we must ask forgiveness and seek that forgiveness from God, and he is just and, and righteous and loving enough to forgive us of that sin when we ask it. And then we turn from that sin. We change our thinking on the way that we live our lifestyle, and we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished work that he did on the cross, and we are truly saved then. So that's what Paul is saying. If then you have been raised with Christ, so if then you are truly saved, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, Set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Did you catch that? We have a lot of things going on on earth right now. We've got a lot of things that are taking place. We've got a lot of things that we see happening right before our eyes, a lot of things in our own communities that we see. And we could take this outside of George Floyd. We could take this outside of the riots. We could take this outside of all of the TV shows being canceled. We could take this outside of Antifa taking over Seattle. And we can look in our own life, our own family situation, our own family dynamic, our own community that we live in, our own churches that we are a part of. We see people that are affected by sin. We see fallen nature of man everywhere. In other words, we see total depravity. You don't have to look far to find it. Now, total depravity doesn't mean that man is as wicked as they can be. It just means that spiritually they are corrupt. They're dead. We are dead in our sins and trespasses is what the Bible says, and we are slaves. Our wills are enslaved to Satan, the prince of the power of the air. Uh, Jesus says that in John chapter 8, I believe it's verse 44, that the, our will is to that of our father, Satan, the father of lies, the murderer. So we see that we are in a fallen world, and it doesn't take very long to see that when you start looking around. So let's, any context you can think of, whatever is happening here on earth in your life at this very moment as a believer, so you look at your local the things that are going on in your local communities, the things that are going on in your family, the things that are going on to a national level and even a worldly level, what are we to do as Christians? How are we to respond? Again, prayer, uh, fasting, I believe. We haven't talked about that much, but prayer and fasting, 
and uh, gospel proclamation, loving one another, encouraging one another. But here, Paul says, set your minds on things that are above. If you are a believer, live for eternity. Don't look back. It's okay to understand and know what's going on in our world, but don't live in that moment because we are not living in a world where we have to sit still or look in the past. We have to look forward to eternity because Jesus is coming back. One day we will be glorified with him forever. So we need to live for eternity. We need to live pursuing Christ. We need to live in obedience to his word. We need to live in such a way that the things of this earth, they don't bother us like they probably have been some of us, like they do bother some of you, because this is not our home, folks. First Peter, uh, Peter tells us that we are just aliens. We're citizens. This is not our home. We are not citizens of earth. We are citizens of heaven, if then you have been, as Paul says, truly raised with Christ, if then you have been truly saved. This is a temporary place. All of this is going to burn up like wood, hay, and stubble one day, and all that's going to remain is a new heaven and a new earth, and we will live with God, and God will live with us. He will be our God. We will be his people, and it is going to be perfect as he intended it to be from the very beginning. So, as a believer, absolutely be praying, fasting, preaching the gospel, encouraging one another, loving one another, listening to your brothers and sisters in Christ, listening to brothers and sisters of, uh, of color to see how we can come alongside and help them and, and, and start to find solutions for, in a biblical way. Let me throw that out there. As Christians, we need to look for solutions from a biblical perspective, not from a worldly perspective, because listen, I'm not going to get into it on this episode, but the organization Black Lives Matter is seeking to remove true biblical Christianity from this world. Take a look at their statement of faith, if you will. I, I say statement of faith, but kind of their their documents on what they want to see happen and what they want to do. They are anti-Jesus and church. Uh, So, yes, uh, I I don't want to talk about that in this episode because I'd be here a while. But we have to understand that, yes, we can come alongside people of color and work together from a biblical perspective. Because in the end, it's the biblical perspective that's going to win over any kind of worldly ideology. So we must be loving, listening, learning, and then solutions from a biblical perspective. And that comes after preaching the gospel. We should spend a lot of time bringing everything to the cross and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And after that, we live in such a way that we are focused on heaven, that we are focused on eternity, that we are focused on Christ, that we don't get caught up in the weeds of everything that's happening on this world, on this earth, everything that's happening in our communities at at a state and local level or even at a national level. We don't get caught up in those things because we have been saved We have been taken out of that darkness. We don't live in that darkness. I mean, we live in it, but we are not a part of that darkness any longer. So although we live in it, we're aware of it, we need to be motivated by the Bible to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to see people saved, to see things change, to start discipling one another. Because it's only coming from this discipleship process that we can really see change through other people. And that discipleship process happens through the Word of God. So we have to bring everything back to a biblical perspective as we are focusing on Christ, as we are looking to things that are above, not on things that are below. There are a lot of things the Word will teach us if we'll just open it and read it. Sadly, I see a lot of people wanting to come up with solutions that are not biblical, yet they profess to be Christians. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to come up with a solution and you profess to be a believer in Christ, your solution should come from the Word of God. You should love your neighbor as yourself, but first of all, you should love the Lord your God. So if you profess Christ, find solutions from His Word. And I want to end this episode by simply saying what we're seeing in our world, obviously we see total depravity, but if you were to read through some of the Psalms, if you were to read through Proverbs, especially Proverbs, there's a lot of uh, contrasting the righteous and the unrighteous. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray that you are a believer, that you are righteous, that you live for truth, that you honor Christ, that you are obedient to his word, that you're reading his word, that you're proclaiming the word, uh, that you're praying and fasting, and that you would find yourselves doing these righteous things for God's glory and for the believer's good, and not finding yourself on the wicked side. Because we know, just read through Proverbs 11. Uh, That's where I've been on Wednesday nights for the past three weeks, going through Proverbs 11 with our church. Man, you see a lot of, uh, of righteousness leads to life. Righteousness leads to uh, eternity with, with God forever as we worship Christ. And the opposite of that is the unrighteous that leads to wickedness, that leads to death, a second spiritual death where wrath will be poured out on those people for eternity. So if we are righteous, if we are living a, a life in Christ, we should make it our goal to proclaim the gospel and to live according to his word so that we could see people changed by the gospel and we can disciple those people and hopefully see God do amazing things through that. We just have to be obedient to it. We just have to be people that are moving outside of worldly ideologies and moving back to a biblical perspective and a biblical worldview. I believe if we're believers, if we're Christians, that is where we start, that is where we stay, And that is where we end until Jesus comes back. Everything must be taken back to the Bible. One of the things that I say uh, uh, often is that whether you're listening to a song, watching a movie, watching a YouTube video, reading an article, uh, talking to your neighbor, whatever is happening in your life, I say run everything back through the biblical lens, through a biblical worldview, so that you don't find yourself getting caught out on a limb of things that are unbiblical and godless. So if you're a believer, I just want to encourage you one last time, set your mind on things that are above, not on things of this earth, because you will be uh, very disappointed in things on earth. You will be potentially leading yourself into a fit of rage, anger, depression. There is nothing good by getting caught up in things that are happening in the world. Get caught up in Christ. Focus all of your efforts, all your eyes, your heart, your life on Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to my little rant today, Uh, but even in the frustration that is of TV shows being canceled and uh, people taking over cities and mayors laughing at it and encouraging it, I still know that even in the frustration that there is one that is coming to judge the living and the dead. And I am ready for that day. And I hope you are too. Until next time, have a great day. God bless.